Thank you for tuning in to the Elevate Podcast, a podcast for athletes and those who coach them. I am your host, Tyler Johnson. If you are looking to elevate your mindset, your game, or just your day, I know you have picked the right podcast. My guest today is full of amazing insight. She is a mental skills coach for the Philadelphia Phillies. She's a speaker, and outside of Major League Baseball, she's also worked with the New York Fire Department, healthcare workers, and performing artists. I highly recommend you follow her on Instagram, which we have linked up here, for her hashtag Mental Sweat Mondays. She puts out every week. They are fantastic. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast, Hannah Huseman. I am good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Um, I am great. We're excited to have you on. I first heard, I think, you on my friend Jake's podcast, and I've been following you on social media ever since, and we're excited to have you. What got you first fascinated by and into teaching mental skills? So I had never heard of it. And I actually played college sports. So I played basketball my freshman year, and then I actually had a unique path of switching to softball. But I finished um, my career playing softball for three years. And my senior year, so my undergrad degree was in exercise science. So it was all about how the body moves and works and muscles and all that good stuff. And um, my senior year, I kind of had a couple elective classes that I had to fill. And I was just, you know, trying to find something that wasn't too difficult or something that piqued my interest in. I saw it was like basically a sports intro to sports psychology class. And I'm like, okay, like, whatever, like, we'll test this out. Like it has something to do with sports. And my mom actually has her master's in clinical psychology. So she's always kind of pushed the psych part on me a little bit. And just because we're both like naturally like love psychology and love human beings and how we work and all that. And so she was like, you should try it. It's kind of the best of both worlds. And so I did it. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, how have I never heard of this? How are we not using this? And like, how can I learn as much about this as possible? And so dove right into the class, um, immediately was just like, this is like, this is it. This is my passion. This is what I love. And started doing research and found some grad school programs and ended up going to the University of Tennessee um, for grad school and got my master's in sports psych and, and motor behavior. So now it took the knowing the body, how the body works, and then learning how the mind works and putting it together to produce optimal performance. So that's what my master's was in. And that's kind of how I got started, just a random elective class. And then I was like, yep, this is it, which was awesome because I was like looking for that aha moment, that flag of like, this is what you should be doing. And I wasn't finding it. And so it's pretty awesome to find it in in a random elective class. Very cool. Um, Doing great work now with the, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies organization. Uh, so often uh, I think at the student athlete level, mental skills can be overlooked sometimes. What's the seasonal and kind of day-to-day routine of, of, of a mental skills person with, with the Phillies? Um, so madness, um, it changes every day. <laughs> that makes it fun. Um, th- yeah, no, no doubt. And I've always said, like, I don't want to be in that, you know, eight to five job behind the desk. Like I always kind of want to be switching and changing and, you know, behind the desk as minimal as possible, which is like hilarious when, when you're in a pandemic and I'm sitting behind the desk right now because that's all I do. But 
Um, so a day in the life, I mean, it's, it depends on the schedule. So if, if the games are at noon, you know, we're at the field at like six, um, one of the first people there because we're usually running some early morning optional sessions, um, whether it's group or individual. And then um, we kind of, depending on what the rotation of the day is, we have group workshops in the morning. And then during the game is when we actually do a lot of our one-on-one -on -one meetings. So majority of our work is one-on-one -on -one meetings. Um, we do some um, group, like big group and smaller group meetings, but most of it's individual meeting and that happens during the games. And we try to grab guys in just because it's a great time because everybody's still around. But if they're not playing, then they're kind of just, just watching. And then it's perfect time for us to get them. So yeah. um, usually during games is when we try to grab guys. And then, um, and this is mostly like during um, spring training. And then post spring or post the day, the game, we grab more guys. So it's all like individual meetings. And then during normal season, um, we get there pretty early too, to try to meet guys with guys before the game um, or do group workshops before the game. And, and sometimes we'll host staff meetings and, and, and staff um, development programs. So it's kind of crazy. We get there early. We're usually there. One of the last ones there um, just to be available kind of if anybody needs anything. Um, we're, we're kind of always there. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It changes every day. And then traveling all the time, right, going to different sure. affiliates. And um, um, in a normal season, I'm on the road about 25 days a month for about seven months. So it's crazy, but, um, it's awesome. It's so fun. For sure. For sure. Um, I'm mm -hmm. a big fan of mental sweat Mondays. If you don't know what I'm talking about and you're listening to this podcast, hit pause, follow Hannah's Instagram and next Monday you'll thank me. Uh, they're so great. Um, one of them recently, you talked about the importance of routine, especially the times we're in right now. I think it, it's a very interesting topic. Like how do we get in a routine? How do we adjust a routine? Uh, where would my routine go? Um, can you expand and talk a little bit about how important having a routine is just for human performance? Yeah. So routines are almost, I haven't really quantified it at this yet, but it's one of the like building blocks, the main foundational blocks of mental skills. Right. And, and so often you like learn this new technique and you're like, great, I want to implement it. And you go out and then you either like forget to implement it or you just do it the wrong way or at the wrong time. And it's like, how do we consistently implement something that's brand new or that we're trying to add to our repertoire? And it's through routines. And, and people, especially in baseball, and I feel like in life, they're always like, you know, I just want to be consistent. Like, I want to have consistent performance. And I'm like, great, how do we create consistent performance? Because that's actually really challenging, right? To go okay. out and perform at a high level constantly is really hard in fact it's almost impossible but we still want to strive to be as consistent as possible so how do we do that and if you think back to like well i want to do the same thing over and over again well are you preparing the same way over and over again are you preparing physically are you preparing mentally which is where our routines come in right because yeah. you can have a pre-game routine during game routine post-game routine or performance whatever you do right pre-work routine during work routine post-work routine and within that, and, and, and the hard part of that is you can't just like write down this awesome routine that you think is going to work and then go do it every day. It's so much trial and error figuring out, okay, when I do X, Y, and Z, I performed really well today. And when I did A, B, and C, I wasn't at my A game today. So what do we need to take out? What do we need to add in order to create this almost like a cheat sheet for yourself of like, if I do these things, my chances of success goes way up. 
And I also think it's important, like chances of success, not guaranteeing success, because you could do everything right and still fail, right? Especially in baseball, especially in life. Like, and that's the hardest part is like, I did everything right and I failed. You're right. Do it again. And maybe tomorrow you'll be successful. But, but I think the biggest part of that is knowing, knowing that you did everything you could to set yourself up for success. And sometimes we just expect success to happen by doing like one or two things when in reality, it's like your routine is what sets you up for that. And it creates that consistency and that highest chance of success. And so, I mean, routines are like a non-negotiable in my book. Like, I, I don't know how you're a high performer without multiple routines and, and not in a superstitious way, right? Which is a whole right. other thing we could talk about, yeah, yeah, but in yeah. a way of when I do this, I set myself up for success. Yeah. Touch on the superstition thing because that that's becomes your depending on external rotating items, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's really simple, really, really simple. So we just like had this talk about routines, right? You control your routine, right? Like you control what you do, what you don't do, what you take out, what you add to create that performance, mm-hmm. right? You are in complete control, which I'm all about giving your time and energy and effort to the things you can control. What I'm not about is the things you can't control. And superstitions control you, right? So you control a routine and superstitions control you. So you're going to let this like inanimate object, this weird, like I didn't put my sock on for my left sock on first before my right sock. So now all of a sudden I'm going to play that. Like you're really letting a sock control your performance? Like what? And so to me, it's, it's not letting things control you it's making sure you're in control of as much as your performance as you can which really isn't a ton and so the things you can control i want to make sure you're doing it in the right way and not in a hurtful way to your performance which i think superstitions are insane and and like i say like all that i say it all the time and like i get it i did it when i was playing but like if you're doing it kind of for fun and like just to like don't step on the white line don't step on the chalk like okay do it but don't do it to, to where it's actually like if you don't do something or you do do something, it's going to affect your performance in a negative way. Like what? No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Don't give power to those things. So I love talking about it because everyone's like, but I always have done this. And I'm like, that's fine. Don't give power to it though. Like if you have to do it, great, but don't give power to it. Be careful how much power you give to it. Right. Sure. Sure. I love it. Um, I spent, uh, in the business side uh, of the front office with the Chicago White Sox for about four years in my 20s. And observing Paul Canerco, he was the most routine player back then. Um, you know, he, if you were in the clubhouse around him, you had to you respect his process. You know, it's just like, he'll do that and yeah. then he'll talk to you. But it's, he's got a schedule. Yeah. And he stuck to it. Um, a great player that's, you know, in the Phillies organization, Bryce Harper. Is there anything that you can share that younger athletes from his routines or habits that you observe that they might be able to take a lesson from? I mean, I think, I think like any major league baseball player, right. It's like consistency and routines and staying true to you is typically what gives you the best chance of success too. Right. Not, not, not panicking every time something isn't working. Or um, maybe it's even being open-minded to learning other things, but also at the same time, like, I know I've tried this and it hasn't worked for me. I'm going to try it one more time and be willing to try. But if it doesn't, I also know that certain things don't work for me, right? Because there's no 
cookie cutter approach in baseball, right? Like everyone's swing is different. Everyone's pitching for, I mean, watch a game, right? Every, everything looks different. And, and it's, it's a lot of different processes that end up in a lot of good results. Right. And so there's no one way to do it. And so I think the biggest piece is like knowing yourself, right? Like creating awareness of knowing what works for you, what works for your body type, right? And, and knowing what is going to create the most success, but also being open at the same time. And like, you know, when you have a new coach or you have a new theory or whatever, a new drill you want to try, like, or that you've been told to try, like be willing to do that while also staying within yourself and, and, and knowing that this could potentially make you better. And so I, I think it's a balance between knowing yourself, but also having an open mind of um, any, anything new, anything new, anything to always make me better, you know? Love it. Um, confidence is so key, whether you're uh, baseball or any sport or just in our day-to-day lives. Uh, what do you see as one of the most self-destructive things we do to sabotage our confidence? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, two things come to mind and I'm going to pick one because I think this one's more important. <laughs> right. Um, I think, I think the thing that sabotages our confidence most is looking for our confidence from other people. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not, it's not necessarily like an event happens uh, maybe, but it's, it's, we're like, okay, I need a boost of confidence right now. Like, um, Hey Tyler, like, tell me I'm doing good. Right. And it's like, what? Like, no, like you can't tell yourself you're doing a good job. Like you can't tell yourself that you've got this. Right. And so it's like, I think, I think that's what gets in the way of, of athletes having confidence is constantly looking for it from a coach, a parent, a significant other, um, a, a teammate, right. Of like, Hey, Hey, like, well, nobody said anything good to me today. So I, I, I guess I'm not doing a good job or it's not good enough or, or maybe I'm letting them down, right? And then all of a sudden this downward spiral yeah. thinking of all of these negative thoughts come in. When the reality of it is like, instead of like sabotaging your confidence based off what other people do, create it for yourself. Which is like, people always ask me like, what's the like one lesson you wish you would have had when you were playing? And it's that. It's that I would have stopped looking for confidence from other freaking people and would have found it within myself. Because as soon as I found my own confidence and like, oh, I can make myself feel good. I can make myself play better. I can make myself believe in me. Then all of a sudden, like in my career, like things have gone really well, right? Because I'm believing in myself, not because, you know, and don't get me wrong. Like I have, my, my parents are very supportive. My husband's very supportive, but it was me that got me here. And I think that's true for all performers is like, you want to self-sabotage your confidence, like look for it in other people, which is what we do. If you think about yeah. like, are you confident? Uh, uh I don't know. And, and, and it has to come from within. And, and that's the key is if you can create your own confidence, you can create it in any moment, right? Where like, maybe you need it the most during this certain situation of a performance or a game and no one's giving it to you. So all of a sudden you're not confident. Like that's absurd. Whereas if you can create it for yourself and you know, you need it right now in this very moment, you create it and you've got it. And so I, I think it's, it's really comes back to, can you create your own self-confidence? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a skill. And that goes right into the next question of yeah. what are some simple ways student athletes can, can curate that confidence. I, an athlete that I, I know is speaking with, he's freshman college football player making that transition. And I could just, you know, see in our messages and I just, you know, one had to remind him like, dude, you've conquered everything you've had in front of you and what were the results, you know? And yeah 
you know, and, and yeah. flash back to that attitude and do that again. Cause it, you know, it's in you, but what are some ways besides when we have other people feed us? And so we don't have to look outside for validation <laughs> for the building blocks of our confidence. What are some other little bricks that we can start to build with? Yeah. So it's funny because I always give, um, a unique answer to this question because confidence for me is very finicky, right? Finicky is the best word I can think, right? Because sometimes we wake up and we're just like, wow, I feel pretty confident today. Did nothing, but feel confident and vice versa too. Sometimes we wake up and we're like, oof, like, I don't, I just like, for some reason, I'm just like not feeling today. Like, right. It's confidence literally comes and goes with the wind. And so a question I ask myself my, or players all the time is, have you ever been really, really confident? and gone out and performed poorly. And they're like, yeah, for sure, right? Like it's happened, it happens to the best of us. Okay, and the opposite of that, have you ever not felt very confident and gone out and played pretty well? Yep. And they're like, yeah, I guess so. And so I hope the light bulbs are going off if anyone's listening to this, that confidence doesn't necessarily correlate to how you're going to perform. Right. Just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean you're not going to play well. Right. If you like when somebody says, I feel confident, like you're literally affirming that confidence is a feeling like it's something you feel. Right. And just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean you have to necessarily act a certain way. Right. Like sometimes we feel mad. That doesn't mean we have to punch a hole through the wall. We could, but yeah. that doesn't mean we have to. Right. Or or maybe you feel tired. And you could go to sleep, but you're not because you're powering through the day, right? And so I think it's important to realize, like, you may feel not confident, but that doesn't automatically mean you're going to perform poorly. And so to me, it's like, okay, notice that you don't feel that confident. Maybe try some, some self-walks, which could be anything from, you know, getting some imagery reps of you performing successfully or right. go watch a highlight reel or go watch your favorite pump up song or just envision yourself playing successfully. Right. And to build that. But even if you do that and you still don't have it, remind yourself that just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean that's going to directly translate into your performance. And I think, I think once people realize that it's like, Whoa, like, so I can feel tired from the day. I can feel not confident, but I can still play. Good. Like when you talk about it, you're like, well, yeah, of course battle through it. Right. Yeah. Like compete, like when all else fails, just go out and compete. And so I think, I think that's a big piece. It's, it's not like here, do to be more confident. It's realizing that you can still play well, even when you're not confident. As I hear you say that I'm try, I, I'm like, what popped in my head was like interviews after like no hitters or perfect games. Like, like you know you some of those guys have said you know i going into that or they tell their teammates later like i was having a terrible personally a bad day you know and and yeah. very different from the performance you just witnessed with how they were feeling the 24 hours previous to that performance um mm -hmm. and they performed at a, mm -hmm. a crazy elite yeah. level somehow that day um i love yeah. that that i have put i have players say all the time like if I'm feeling too good, I'm worried it's going to be a bad day. Like, you know, cause they're like, you know, if my body's like feeling too good because they've gotten to a point where they're like, you know, I'm sore, like let's fight through it versus like, yeah, everything's good. And it's like almost too laid back and too comfortable. And like, well, I don't know now it's not probably not. And so I, I absolutely believe that. Yeah. Uh, being on those teams and, uh, 
all need leadership. I, I think that's, you know, part of kind of, you know, leading ourselves helps us allow, have the ability to lead others. What in your observations makes great leaders on teams? Loaded question, um, but I love very, it. I very. think, <laughs> yeah, I think, well, first and foremost, there's a ton of different types of leaders, right? And, and mm -hmm. I believe that. I believe there's quiet leaders. I believe there's loud leaders. I believe there's leaders who do and, and, and lead by example. Um, but I think, I think one of my favorite, one of my favorite traits of a leader is their ability to own pretty much anything. Like, like they'll own it. They'll tell you like, this is on me, but you got to do it too. Like, instead of just you do this, you do that, you do this. He's like, Hey, it's on me first. Here's how I'm going to adjust. And here's how we all need to adjust. And so it's, it's, it's like, I'm talking and leading, but I'm also still one of you. And I think that's like such a skill to like be the leader, but also still be a part of the group instead of like this leader on this pedestal. I think like the best, best leaders are like in the trenches with everybody yelling at themselves and yelling at other people in a silent way, in a vocal way, in a, in an action way, whatever. They're like, Hey, I'm not just talking to you guys. I'm talking to me too. Um, and, and they own it. If, they, if they're performing well, they own it and they, they, they own it for everybody else. And they're like leading the celebrations. But if, if they suck and if, if it was a bad game, they own that too. And they help everybody else own it too. And so I think it's this, I think it all comes down to like, do you own it? And are you in the trenches with them and not on this like pedestal of you're better than us? Cause you're not, you were all on the same team, right? You yeah. just happen to be the leader leading us. And so how can you kind of be both of those at the same time? I think it's, it's a hard task to do, but if you can do it, I think it's a solid foundation for your team and setting up that camaraderie within. Love the way that cultivates accountability. And personally, when yeah. you say that, it makes me think of being a dad. <laughs> because <laughs> you don't have any to like hey i i all own this but we're gonna try to eat cleaner this time okay let's be a little less messy <laughs> yeah like, like i i gotta own I know, this I either way keep, yeah 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 i love it i love but, it but uh children are great teachers um speaking of children if uh <laughs> we got to get a little bit younger hop in a time machine and go visit 16 year old you what truth would you want to remind yourself that you've learned along your journey Um, it's so cliche, but that truly everything happens for a reason. And like, you don't understand it right now. And you can search and search and search and try to figure out why is this happening? Why is this not happening? Why am I getting this opportunity, but not getting this opportunity? And it doesn't make sense then and you can't understand it, but eventually it's going to all make sense. And, and it, it, it may be a year, it may be five years, it may be eight years, 10 years, whatever, but eventually it's going to make sense. And I, I mean, I, <laughs> It's funny because going back, like my parents told me that all the time, like, you know, everything happens for a reason. It's going to be okay. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, but like really to listen to it and believe it. And like, sometimes we don't know why certain things happen right now in this very moment, but eventually you're going to know. And, and also while all of these things are happening that are hard, that are putting you through hardship and struggle um, and making you grow, like are going to turn you into something that's going to help you in whatever you're going to be doing in the long term too which is like the coolest thing ever because like, like I switched sports and I'm not sure if I'd be working in baseball if I hadn't switched sports, right? Like sure, because sure. softball looked really good on the resume. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> you know, I know a couple other people who are in the field who didn't play baseball. 
It's like, I don't know if like the hardship of my fr- freshman year when I switched sports like and all the trials and, and stuff that I went through would have made me as strong as the person I am today to work in a male dominated field, you know, like, I don't know if I would have been able to do that and fine. So, um, that's, that's definitely what I would say.